Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right, are y'all having fun? All right, so the reason that um, I feel like it's important for us to get this as a storehouse, to get the, we got to fix the money thing, right? You got to fix the money thing so that money isn't even a thought in your mind. You, you're like, wait, I have a destiny. Every single one of you has a destiny and a calling. And most of you aren't doing it because of the money thing. Because the money thing has limited you with the things that you have and you carried in your heart. You know, when, um, in let's, I'm going to kind of skip through a lot of these notes because some, one of the things that I learned in my own life is that, oh man, I would, I used to have this carnal mindset and I, in order to get where I needed to go, I had this mindset that I had to work harder. I had to think, how am I going to get people to do what I want them to do in order for me to get what I need to get so I can get where I need to go? Is anybody bearing witness with that at all? I mean, you start processing through your brain, like how the thing's going to, you start mapping out all of the things that you need to line up, Right. And, and, and so I'm, and here I am, like, I'm seeing people healed. I'm seeing people, you know, I'm seeing demons being cast out of people. I mean, it's just phenomenal the kind of power I'm walking in. But yet at the same time, when it comes to money, it's like that doesn't, I don't even consider that. I don't consider a supernatural way of creating wealth. I just think a supernatural way of, of like the, 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 the spiritual things, like healing people, prophesying over people, you know, saving people. But the whole money thing, oh, we're just going to leave that over here and we're going to keep doing it the way we've always done it. Like we think we're going to get different results. And I, of course, I, I, I would get over here and I would beg a little more, but it really wasn't working. I mean, it was to a certain degree. And then the Lord really began to teach me about his kingdom in relationship to money. And I can tell you now that John and I do not earn money. We receive money. We no longer are wrestling to try to get money. We no longer try to manipulate or, 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 or control other people so that we can have money. We don't have to play any political or religious game in order to get money. We have learned the system of the kingdom that God created on the day that he created the whole universe. And I love thinking about this because you know that God, when he created the universe, he actually set it in motion to reproduce after itself. And the universe itself has expanded exponentially from the time of creation until now. Today, the universe is still exploding out there and creating stars and galaxies and, I mean, Milky Ways upon Milky Ways. And all of that is set in motion. And so I was like, I, I want to get on that plan because if this thing 
happens over and over and over. I want to learn the kingdom because he said, seek first the kingdom. In other words, seek my ways and the system that I set in motion so that you can start plugging into that and causing the kingdom to work for you instead of you always like uh, carrying around uh, heavy weights. Amen. And one of the things that I think that is so offensive is when you really move from the needs, like you have needs, I have needs, we all have needs, right? Rent, food, you know, clothing. But what happens to us when we start to think about desires? Those things that are beyond just what we need. Those things that, that, what, that we carry in our hearts, like a beautiful home. Like a, like a, like a, a beautiful, you know, I mean, you, you all, you all have your list. And, 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 and I think in a way we feel guilty like that. Oh, God doesn't care about that. He just cares about the basics. He wants to provide the basics, but I'm telling you, this is a worldwide thing. This isn't an American thing. And he wants to uncap his people so that we can begin to truly dream bigger dreams than what we're currently dreaming. That it is beyond what you can hope or imagine. And I didn't make that up. He wrote that about you. Because he says here in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, not what you need, but what you desire, and it will be done for you. And so what I've been trying to do is kind of take you on a journey of how to live this life so that you can be whole, so that your your soul can be at peace and you're not fighting to survive anymore because it's absolutely killing us, that survival mentality. It's it's, It's the mentality that happened to Adam in the garden after he fell. All of a sudden, he's got to provide for himself. Beloved, Jesus died on the cross. You don't ever have to do that again. It's just learning how to live in this new system um, is what we need to do. So we need to hear in the Spirit. We need to see in the Spirit. And we've got to see and begin to lay hold of a different kind of math. There are algorithms that are out there you know not of. And I don't know how many of you are good at math, but in the earth, one plus one equals two. But in in heaven, one plus one equals 10,000. Because he said two can set 10,000 to flight in the place and there's, there's 500. I'm going to sow 500 and I'm going to get 100,000 back. I mean, John and I have sown and, and, and it's, it's, it's limitless what, we, what begins to flow. And so just as I talked about last week, what happens is that when you learn how to sow and you understand how to command and name a seed, what it does is it opens up a supernatural window, which is what he talked about in Malachi. He's like, listen, I'm going to open up this perpetual window and it's going to be over your life and over your finances finances, and it's going to pour out more than you can ever imagine. How many of you want that window open, right? Or you could do it on your own, which is just horrible. My voice just went way up there. (laughs) All right. (coughs) All right. So here's the thing. Um, Psalm 139 says this. 
139 verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them, okay? So basically, everything, here's the thing. When God created you in your mother's womb, he, he had a life plan already established. It actually was sown and written into your DNA. Your life plan resonates within the very DNA and the molecules within your body. It, it, you cannot escape it. You can't outrun the plan that God has for your life. That's why no matter where you go, he says, yeah, it's pretty much going to follow you because it's written on your DNA. Because he said, listen, he said this. What did he say? All of your days, not some of your days, all of your days have been fashioned for you. Your life story has already been written. And the beauty of that is that you think you get it, but he's like, no, 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 no. You could, you could go to the highest mountain in the, in the world and, and try to imagine the greatest, most exponential life that I planned out for you, and you still won't tap into all that I have planned for you. And not only did he make the plan, but he said, I have provided everything you need in heaven to accomplish that plan. And so it is all there. And so instead of working in the earth, you got to work out of heaven and you've got to bring what is in heaven down to the earth. Now, a lot of us have moved through this religious system like we got caught in a religious system. Okay, we just got to do works. And, and, and eternity, once we got born again, eternal life is when we get to heaven. Remember when you used to think that? Okay, he's like, no, 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 no. The minute you get born again, there you enter into the eternal plan that God has for your life, and all of a sudden that scribe starts writing, and you have you have eyes and ears that can begin to read your own book, and so you're like, oh, wait, these are the things that you have for me, and so as you're reading the book, you're pulling the words of the book down from heaven, because a lot of you, if you get spirit-filled, right, then you're in the charismatic movement, and so we all are like, hey, we know what's going on, because we can prophesy, we can prophesy, and we're like, yeah, we're going to prophesy for encouragement and edification, which is right, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, right? But here's the thing, we, we, we go, oh man, that made me feel so good, I feel so edified. Nothing. And then we're like, oh, I, I don't really know what to do with that prophecy, but it sure made me feel good. Now I'm going to go get another one to make me feel good. And wait, that one's not good enough, I'm going to go find somebody to give me another one because I feel bad, make me feel good. And I get that momentary tickle and, and my ears itch for a moment, and I get satisfied. But the truth is, church, he's saying, look, guys, wake up. These words are not to entertain you or just to make you feel good for a moment. But these words are actually, thank you, honey, these words are actually a sword for you to stab the enemy that has come to try to steal the plan that I have for you. And it's a sword to get you to advance to the place so you can begin to take territory, right? As you've heard me say, we love the Red Sea, but we don't like the Jordan River. We love to be saved out of Egypt. 
Woo! Man, that was awesome. God, you saved me. But the minute that, that God says, I want you to go in and conquer, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. You want me to believe you? When nothing looks like that is true. That we're called to have eyes of our hearts. Remember? Our, our hearts, our spirit man is supposed to see, and everything we see with our, the, the eyes of our heart should carry more weight than what we see in the natural. We should be saying, I had somebody hang up on me the other day. I had a relative hang up on me the other day because I was telling him the things that were coming. Man, that guy opened up a whole can of manifesting on me. He, he said to me, you have lost your mind, and I am, this conversation is over, and he hung up on me. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> right, right, right. Because that's what's going to happen to you when you really begin to stand. Stand there for, he wouldn't tell you to stand there for, if everything wasn't pushing against you to not believe in the things that he said. All right, open your eyes and ears, which is why God said, don't worry about it. I got this. I have started a prayer movement that has covered the earth. Why? So we can all be like, ooh, we're cool. We're in a prayer room. Oh, look, we're more, we're, we're not in religious. We're in, we're in relationship. We're just, no. He said, look. I have, I have awakened my bride so that they can see and hear, so they can begin to pull things down from heaven into the earth, so I can come back. Remember? Remember in um, Acts, I forgot where it was in Acts, heaven must retain him until you guys get busy bringing heaven to earth. In other words... Heaven must retain him until the earth is restored. Who's going to restore it? He gave you the keys, right? So what is in heaven has to come down. It has to come down. And you are the one responsible to get it down because all creation is groaning, saying, I'm waiting for the sons of God to get a clue to begin to bring this stuff down. Amen? All right. So the Lord is saying, heaven, earth, easy, hard, with me, without me, with me, without me. We have got to decide how we're going to live. And, and with him is the better way to go. So John and I, when we first started on this, we um, pretty much were like, man, all we've got are two loaves and three fish. How are we going to live? And, um, and again, having no idea about this. And then I ran into this guy, Gary Cassie, and I'm like, he's talking about the kingdom. Like I've never heard anybody talk about the kingdom. You know, you hear all this stuff and everybody's so afraid to address the money thing. But believe me, beloved, you start pulling money out of heaven, you're going to have a lot of people knocking on your door saying, tell me about the kingdom. Remember what Jesus said, they're following me not because of the signs and the wonders, but they're following me because I multiplied the food. Okay. All right. So I had this vision the other day, and I saw that we're in a season of the butterfly. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. 
So the Lord told me um, this week, he said, you know, you got to find out about this butterfly season. Did you know that monarch butterflies, they migrate south? Did you know that? They just get up and start flying. They go to Mexico. Those butterflies like the beach. I don't know. But they, they all go to Mexico. They become butterflies and they go, we're out of here. I hate the cold weather. I'm going south, right? And, um, but in order to do that, in order to fly, they, in order to go, they've got to fly, right? In order to go, they've got to fly. So in order to do that, they started off as a caterpillar. We can't get to Mexico as a caterpillar. That'd be really hard. You probably wouldn't make it. But so they had to go through this process of metamorphosis, right? Metamorphosis. I love that. I love that word. Well, Paul actually talks about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says this, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed or be, and the root word of transformed is, is to be, uh, to m- morph, to morph into something else by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And, and, and this isn't like, this isn't like um, change, have a different thought. This is like, you have to completely morph the way that you think. It, it's not, I'm going to have a different thought about this. No, it, you're, the way that you think completely has to change. You cannot think because the kingdom has nothing associated with the world thinking. But you've been so, we've been so trained, I've been so trained that I had to renew my mind um, so that I could get to Mexico, so that I could fly. Because when I fly, I get to where I'm going with ease. I don't know if you've seen a butterfly fly, but it's not really flying, it's more floating. You know, they just find the wind and they float on the wind and they go where they need to go. So, my, my heart in teaching this is to try to help us lay hold of some of these things. And so, in the book of John, chapter 6, remember the, the, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish? Um, in fact, let's go ahead and turn there. I'm going to let you use your Bibles today. John chapter 6. Um, th- there are several accounts of the multiplication of the food, but John chapter 6 is the only one that talks about... Is it John? Or is it? There it is. John chapter 6. Um, verse 12. All right, you know the story. Everything got multiplied. He, he multiplied the food for the 5,000. Um, okay, verse 12. I'm going to read it. I'm not going to read it out of my Bible because my Bible, um, I like the way, let's see if I can find it. I like the way it's in the NIV. Is it on the NIV up here? Yes. Yeah, there it is, six. When they had all had enough to eat, 
He said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. And so what happened, and what happens to us a lot of times, is that when our basic needs get met, then we, we're satisfied. But he goes on and he said, gather the pieces so that nothing will be wasted. Now, Jesus doesn't have Tupperware. It's, so you have to ask yourself the question, why did he say that? You know, and when you're learning and seeking the kingdom, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at what Jesus does, and I want you to begin to be like a spiritual scientist and say, why did you do that? Why did you do that that way? Because there, he's showing us patterns and processes. He's, and again, I want to emphasize this fact to you. And if this offends you, I'm really sorry. But I, but, but Jesus didn't pay the ultimate price so that he could go and be with the Father and pick winners and losers. Who he's going to answer prayer for and who he's not. And he's like, no, 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 no. I already showed you how to access heaven so that you can transform the earth. Now, I believe when we're in this stage in the age of immaturity, he's going to help us out and help us to grow. But there's a point where we begin to mature when he's like, look, I need you to step into the authority that, that I died for you to have, right? And so, um, and this I believe is part of it. And so I want to talk to you about these fragments that he's talking about there. Because... He said, listen, I multiplied the food, which was supernatural. Now, you've seen what happened with Crystal and Jolie. You saw how things were multiplied, but, but there's actually more that's going on there than that. And so I want to talk to you about these fragments because the fragments are going to be really key to your multiplication in the days to come. Are y'all good? Are you still with me? All right, so I'm going to read what I wrote because I don't know if I can say it as well as I read it. When Jesus multiplied the fish and loaves, he was demonstrating kingdom provision that heaven can take what you have, say what you have, when you, when you know how to bring it under the legislative authority of heaven, a window of supernatural abundance will open. So you take what you have. And you remember he asked the question, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have that you can sow? Everybody has something that is available to you that you can sow. Jolie said, I'm going to sow. And she sowed to sacrifice. She sowed to the point that it hurt. And she said, I'm going to sow for this. Now, she is a woman of incredible faith because her laundry list was really long for that one seed. Amen? She was like, okay, I'm going to sow a seed for these 10,000 things. And it's coming to pass. But guys, listen, you got to go with what you see. You got to go with your level of faith and what you can believe in. I talked about this last week when I said the five things, okay? So, so, but she sewed. What did Crystal do? Crystal, what did she, she's like, I have a need. Well, she, what did Crystal go out and get another job? No. Did she call up her relatives and say, I need you to provide for me? No, because God, her provider, her father in heaven has everything she needed. So she took a seed, she showed it into a field. She told that seed what to reproduce for her. The seed came up and created a harvest the very next day. 
This is how we were called to live. When you go to Africa, these missionaries, and they're poorer than the Africans, I will guarantee you the Africans are looking at them going, I don't know if I want to serve that God because you guys are hungrier than we are and we're eating dirt, right? Okay. Okay, fragments. Here's what Jesus does. He told them where the fragments were. And that's what he's going to do for you. He is going to show you where your increase is. And that's why he has, through his, his providential, sovereign mind and creativity, he's preparing an end-time generation through these prayer rooms so that you can see and hear for the purpose of increase. So you can see and hear, and it's not just increase in money. It's increase in everything. It's increase in creativity. It's increase because that's what these fragments are. Now, you're going to sow, and you sow, and like I told you uh, last week, the tithe is going to take care of your garden. It's going to put a, it's going to put chicken wire around your garden. The sowing over the tithe, what it does is it, it provides seed to plant in your garden so you can begin to reap a harvest, okay? But those seeds, you have to tell the seed what to grow. And so a lot of you are like, well, I've done this and it doesn't work. Well, you don't know how to command that seed. You don't know how to tell that seed what to do. And when you tell that seed what to do, it will begin to produce a harvest for you. All right. So the fragments, this is how, um, this is what he said. And a great example of these fragments is um, when Jesus was um, paid the temple tax. Okay. And so I want you to uh, notice what he said to Peter in Matthew 17, verse 27. Um, but so that we do not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my taxes and yours. Okay, so here's what Jesus said. So they haven't paid the taxes, right? How many of you have ta owe taxes or owe debt, like you have debt? Okay, so you've got a problem, right? You're in a negative situation. Now, Peter's in a negative situation. Now, one of the things that Jesus did not do is Jesus did not say, man, Peter, you should have been saving for those taxes. Man, you are out of my will. You are, Peter, you need to get it together. I'm not going to help you. You need to repent. He didn't say that. Because Peter came to him and he's like, what are we going to do about this? Right? He also didn't say, Oh, okay, we need to stop what we're doing for God. We need to leave our God-given destiny, and we need to go over here, and we need to get a job, and we need to start working so that we can pay the temple tax. Right? He didn't say either one of those. What he did say is he said, all right, let's see, we need that tax. I'll tell you what you do. You go out. First of all, he told him where to go, didn't he? You're going to go to that lake. You're going to. Now, why did he tell him to go get it? Have you ever thought about that? Why a gold coin in a fish's mouth? Because he's a fisherman. 
He's talking to him in the language of what he does. That's his profession. Now, if he was a locksmith, like Cameron, he would say, Cameron, I want you to take, and I want you to go unlock that door, and I want you to break into that house, and I went, no, just kidding. <laughs> but he would speak to you in the language, and he would say, the first door you're going to unlock is actually going to have a gold whatever, and you're going to, that's going to be the place of your provision. And so he was very specific though. Here's the thing about the fragments. The fragments come as ideas. So he's like, listen, I've met your needs. Now there's something above your needs that I'm wanting to do. And they're going to be the leftovers. Now you've stepped out in faith in this area. Now I want you to listen to me because I'm beginning to tell you where to get that gold coin. And so he said, and he didn't say any fish. He said, the first fish that you catch is going to have the gold coin. So, so, so Jesus is very detailed in the strategy of how you want it done. Now, how many of you, when you've got a business deal going on, go, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and spend time with the Lord, and I'm going to get his strategy on this? It usually doesn't happen. You usually go, well, you know, I've got a lot of experience. I've been doing this a long time. You know, I know how to do this. But, beloved, I'm telling you something. The Lord is wanting to supernaturally begin to raise up Josephs who are going to be multi, multi, multi-millionaires in order to support the coming harvest. And he said, but you've got to spend time with me because there are alternate sources of income streams that I'm trying to bring to you, but you are stuck in this place where you're just satisfied. Remember? They were filled, therefore they weren't even looking for the fragments. Their bellies were filled, and so they were stopping because their whole idea in the earth realm is I'm going to work so I can stop. But in the kingdom, that's not how it works. You work because you're in the zone with God, and you're, it's so pleasurable for you. You're like, what are we going to catch next? What are we going to earn next? What am I going to receive next? Let me tell you how happy Jolie is right now. She didn't work for that money. She received that money. Crystal did not work for that money. She received that money. Amen? All right. So, why didn't Jesus just do this? Why didn't he just say, oh, here's some money. I'm just going to give you some money. Bam, I created it out of nothing, thin air, because he could do that, right? Um, but that gold was hidden, wasn't it? It was hidden. Because he says to us, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. Why does he hide it? And most of you, you need to hear this, because a lot of you are like hope deferred because you've been waiting for so long. And he's like, why does God wait until the 11th hour? Because if he told you way back here, guess who else is going to be listening to that conversation? And is going to go in and steal what is rightfully yours. And so he waits and he keeps it hidden for such a time as this. And he tells you where it is so that you can go recover it in that moment and then use it for what you need it for. Oh, yeah, that's good, Tracy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I needed a little encouragement. All right, so fragments look like this. It looks like ideas, and it looks like wisdom. 
all in the process towards increase. So it's a process of prayer. You position yourself to capture the revelation and what you need to find your fragments. Number two, it's a process of preparation. And number three, it can also be a process of education. Okay, I'm going to give you a great testimony. So John and I were looking for fragments and we're spending a lot of time with the Lord because we're like, we're like, we've got our, we've got one lane and that one lane's going pretty good. And, uh, but we're like, Lord, is there anything else out there? And John's heart, and you, you'll know this, whatever your heart's burning with, again, it's your desire. You got to follow that. Because remember, it's that, that that now the law is written on your heart. So so the things that you you awake you in the night, the things that you think about all the time, the things that you would do if nobody was paying you, you need to start paying attention to that because there's money there for you. That's the thing that God has created you. Some of you, you're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to make any money doing art, or I don't know how I'm going to make any money, you know, playing a guitar. But I'm telling you, uh, the gifts of God are irrevocable, and they will go before you and provide for you. All right. So um, John had this idea. So he's John will look at real estate like all night long. It's kind of weird, you know. You're like, honey, what are you doing? Look at this house. Look at this house. Look at, look at the way they did this staircase. Look at the way. And I'm like, okay. He is so graced for this. So the Lord gave John this idea that he was going to start buying houses and he was going to buy X amount of houses a year. And I'm like, what? I thought I'd just go to Nordstrom's. But the Lord had a different idea of what he wanted to do with that money. So no new shoes, but I got a house. So that's a good idea. So some of these, he gave them an idea, some of them to flip, some of them to keep, some of them, you know, whatever. And so um, he downloaded all of these creative ideas to John about how to do it financially. Like he got this total epiphany about how to, how to do all of this. And now there's this total windfall in our family and it's opened up another source of income for us, another source of wealth. And we were like, you know, what you do, what we all do. I don't have time for another job, but it's weird. It's just like the Lord has said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to be actually doing this. Hire this person and do it this way. And, and, and then, and the whole thing is just taking off and providing for itself. It's, it's just this self-fulfilling thing where it's not a burden, but it's actually a joy. And so because John is looking for fragments, the Lord downloaded not just what the fragment was, but how to go start getting the fragments. Take your wife's Nordstrom shoe money and go get the houses. <laughs> yeah, fine. I can wear yesterday's sandals. No, seriously. So here's what you have to do. You have to start asking the questions. You have to start knowing the questions to ask. Um, remember the sons of God do not earn money. They receive money. Okay. Change your mind. Um, so you need to ask Jesus this, Jesus, how are we going to pay off this debt? So John and I, one year we had a lot of debt. We had more men. We had more debt than we made that year. We had more debt than we made that year. Hear what I'm saying? But we said, okay, Lord, we want to pay off this debt this year. We want to pay it all up. You give us the money, and we're just going to 
we're, we'll take care of the debt in whole. So we sowed a seed for the debt. And the Lord came in that year and he orchestrated this whole thing where somebody came in and said, I want to buy this part of your business. And John's like, okay. And so they worked it all out. And the amount of money that they gave us for that part of percentage of John's business was exactly the amount that we needed to pay off the debt. And so that year, even though we didn't make very much money, the Lord orchestrated it so that the debt completely got wiped out. Again, did, I, did we have to work? No. What we did is we sowed, we named the seed, and the seed came back and produced a harvest for us. Amen? All right. So you guys are starting to get it. Uh, the process of kingdom works 100% of the time. 100% of the time. This is a no-fail thing. It works 100% of the time. John and I just love it. And you know what's so great about this is, is it encourages um, giving. It encourages people to be generous with their seeds. Oh, you need money? Where can I give money away? Wait, I've, I've hit a wall in my finances. Something's not working. Where can I sow? Not where can I hoard? Where can I sow? We got to break through that wall. Who can I give money to? Who can I give money away at? Where are the missionaries? Amen? Amen. All right. So the, it works 100% of the time. But the kingdom is a kingdom of love. And if you want to access kingdom resources, it is a kingdom of love. It is a kingdom of love. And so there's a couple of things that will hold you up. If you have unforgiveness against someone, remember, forgive us our debt as we forgive others who, who have, have uh, trespassed against us. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so unforgiveness. The other is if you've judged someone. If you're in accusation and not in intercession. And so it, when you hold the judgment like that, you're going to be judged. And so it, it you just got to get your house clean. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Just ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in me that's keeping me from, from benefiting from the fullness of your kingdom and entering into your kingdom system? So I encourage you to ask him of that. And then just repent and you'll find that heaven will open up over you immediately. And, and, and look, he's not, you know, he is not after people you know, he's not looking to punish us. He's looking to reward us. Any opportunity, all the parents in here know that. We're always looking for an opportunity to reward our kids and bless our children. Amen? Okay, how many of you are hungry now? <laughs> You're like, will this ever end? Let's prophesy, shall we? No, just kidding. All right, so um, let's just pray. Everybody stand. These are only two-hour seats, so your booties are probably like, ah. Well, Lord, I just thank you for your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, for these people. God, would you help us to learn how to operate in your kingdom? Father, help us to fix the money thing so that we are not beggars, but we are lenders. Father, you've called us to lend to the poor, to give to the poor, to help the poor. Father, you've, you've, you have called us to fund the harvest. And we say, here we are, God, is the storehouse. We want to fund the harvest. Pour it all out into our hands, God. Father, teach us the ways of your kingdom today and show us if, if there's anything that's standing in the way of this supernatural provision. And so I bless all of you to go and get what you need out of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.